Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast, and we are here vibing with you because you are vibing with us. We are going to go through really quick some news from the league today, some breakdowns into a couple of scores, not too, too much, but I really want to spend some time and properly cover this Julio Rodriguez signing, get some early thoughts in here before we bring this to Brandon tomorrow and he comes back from his little college, early college vacay. Hopefully he's having a good time with the start of his semester. We, of course, wish him well, but let's go ahead and get this started with a couple of injury pieces. Starting, Araldis Chapman is headed to the 15-day injured list with an infection in his leg. Of course, we all know that can be very uh, serious. Chapman last pitched on August 19th, and Boone said part of that layoff has been due to the reliever's battle with an infection that developed after Chapman got a leg tattoo. Let's let's stop there. I think that's, you know, he certainly hasn't been the effective Chapman that we're all used to seeing. He hasn't been that for the last two years, and so it won't be as big a blow to this, this uh, bullpen as it would have been in say 2019 or even 2020, but this is still, you know, one of their better relievers that they're going to be without certainly a guy who's a lock into this bullpen and he's out due to some 
relatively trivial things here. Um, you know, and if not, the infection is trivial, but for trivial reasons that he has ended up with the infection from a tattoo. These are things, you know, first off, the player should be smarter than this. You know, if this is, if there's something that has the slightest chance of being wrong, get it going wrong, and you actually care about going out and winning the World Series with your team, that can wait till the offseason. There's no doubt in my mind, there is no tattoo in the world so important that you could not wait until the off season began for it to, uh, to go get it. You know, then you have plenty of time. If something like this happens where you're not going to be affected by it, your career is not going to be affected by it. Your team's not going to be affected by it. And if we've learned anything, you know, there's so many different creative ways that you can legally make a contract in this league. And, you know, you see it all the time, certain guys not being able to do certain things because of, their contract status. I believe there was, um, it wasn't Madison Bumgarner. There was somebody who used to have um, go on one year deals, even though he was fully knowing he was going to sign back with that team because he wanted to be able to do certain things. I mean, that was partially what Drew Brees was doing with the New Orleans Saints for a while as well. There's no good reason that the Yankees allow a ton of different stuff, you know? This is one of those things that I'm just adding to my list. If I ever were got the opportunity to run uh, one of these teams, this is now added to my list of things that I absolutely do not allow in any major league contract that's signed. You know, this is just easily avoidable damage and damage indeed it is as allow me to list off the group of relievers, some of which you may remember, some of which seem like a far dream that are now on the injured list for the Major League New York Yankees. Albert Abreu, Zach Britton, but you forgot he was in existence. It's been a year since he last pitched. Miguel Castro, now Rawls Chapman, of course. Trade deadline recipient? No, that's not the right word. But Scott Efros, Chad Green, you know, there was a very long period of time where you couldn't go to a Yankees game and not see Chad Green and that has not been the case after he ended up getting Tommy John back at the beginning of June. Clay Holmes is currently here with back spasms. Michael King is out the year, and Stephen Ridings is also out the year with a shoulder impingement. Look, three of those guys, granted, or excuse me, four of those guys are 60-day IL, if I'm counting correctly, which, you know, that's not half the list, which is a positive thing, but it still is just, again, such a show of the constant upturn that we've been um, or churning through pitchers that this team's had to go through, especially when you consider Luis Severino and Nestor Cortez are both on that list right now. You've seen time, time on it from Domingo Herman. He's only got 34 innings this year. And, Clark Schmidt's been in and out with various different um, things, whether it was injury or being sent down, I believe, once for a little bit for those um, contract roster situations. Either way, you know, this is just, they've gone through a lot of pitchers and they've gone through a lot of their pitching depth at this point. You have to question at what point does that really, really catch them? I mean, at this point, it's kind of starting to look like a bit of a makeshift group as it is. But 
who knows how much farther this could stretch when we get into October and you're starting to play every day, every single game is high stress, high intensity, high pressure. That could end up coming back to rear its ugly head. Moving on, though, Trevor Rosenthal is most likely going to be out for the rest of the season. The veteran reliever is currently coming back from thoracic outlet outlet syndrome surgery and now has an issue with his lat that will keep him out most likely through the rest of this year. This is one of the more interesting situations is how he got here. He is currently a Milwaukee Brewer. And of all things, this comes through a trade deadline trade, a trade we didn't really, you know, mention too much about. But of course, this guy going through his history, eight years, five different teams, and a career 336 ERA with 12 strikeouts per nine. This guy's been an incredibly efficient and productive player through now. He would be age 32 at this point in time. But of course, loses 2021, tries to come back 2022, goes through a whole um, trial run and, or uh, audition. I'm I'm losing words tonight. Um, Throwing showcase, that's it. That's the word I'm looking for. Goes through a showcase, ends up getting grabbed by the Giants on one of those, of course, guaranteed contract, about $4.5 million. And then come the trade deadline, ends up coming over in a deal made between the Brewers and the Giants and could have definitely, you know, you plug the old Trevor Rosenthal into this Milwaukee team, or you you plug half of that. If you plug a 3-5 Trevor Rosenthal into this Brewers team, he probably slots in, you know, he slots in close to that setup range, especially if he gets hot for a stretch of time. I would probably say he's maybe the fourth guy in this bullpen right now, not including anyone that's injured currently he'd be the fourth guy in this group that's a perfectly great spot to be that's something that you're going to see as a win if he was able to come back after that trade deadline you're definitely seeing that as a win of a trade no matter what so it's certainly a tough loss to see him go if you are a brewers fan but you don't really know what you missed so that at least takes a little bit of the sting off of it the rangers are selecting dallas keichel's contract meaning he will be on his way up sooner rather than later to get a start. I have not seen an official start date for him. But to take a quick look at his career, this is, of course, a guy had a terrific year career with the Houston Astros, peaking with a Cy Young back in 2015, 248 ERA and 232 innings for that team. I don't think we're going to see anyone touch that. Those types of innings numbers consistently ever again but overall he finishes his Houston career with a 366 ERA that's it. that includes some very struggling learning years early on at age 24 and 25 where he in both of those stretches was over a 5 ERA he then leaves Houston heads to Atlanta for a half a year after wasn't able to get 
a contract early on, finishes with a 3.75 ERA, incredibly respectable, and then heads out to Chicago at age 32, where he has one of the best 2020s of the group, leads the league with only a third of a home run per nine innings. That tracks out, I should have said, the number two home runs over 63 innings. Sounds a lot better in those 11 starts and a sub two ERA. From there on, though, he just hasn't been able to find it. 2021 finishes with a 5-8 ERA and only five strikeouts per nine. These strikeout numbers, you know, they've basically been dipping since the World Series run in 2017, something he was a big part of with a 2-9-0 ERA during that stretch for Houston. And since then, it just has been getting progressively worse and bottoms out here with Chicago in 2021. They bring him back for the beginning of this 2022 season, and it goes terribly through eight starts. He had six home runs against him and 28 earned runs. That's that's just not winning baseball and certainly contributed to, well, five of their early losses as they started to dig their hole that they're now trying to crawl out of and probably won't be able to make it back past Cleveland. Arizona then picked him up. Gave him four starts in that time. He had a 9.64 ERA, but a little bit of a better stretch with the strikeouts. You know, too small a sample size to tell, but this will kind of be the proof that this is his last chance U opportunity here. If you could say that, you know, Texas is going to give him this opportunity. He's going to get in there. I think I might have a date for him. It will be tomorrow. He will be on the bump tomorrow. You know, if he can turn this around, he can give, if he can give you, you know, maybe a four ERA and get somewhere close to the seven strikeouts again, if he has changed something in his game, you know, grown, evolved into a player who can work with what he's got at his age, you know, pushing 35 now, I can see him getting another contract, getting more shots, maybe even getting more shots with Texas to start with, certainly an environment and culture down in the greater Texas area that he has been comfortable and familiar with with all that time in Houston. So this is the perfect place for him to be to get this last chance. But if he's going to, he's going to have to, you know, shore up, of course, the runs, and he's going to be able to show that he's got dominant stuff that he can put opponents away on his own without heavily relying on the defense and if he's able to do that if he's able to show you know i've made the changes i need he's back with it but past that i just can't see another team giving him another shot but speaking of players who have come up or should have come up let's talk about gunner henderson of course baltimore prospect here and the number fangraphs has them him as the number five prospect in baseball certainly a lot of people giving him the case for the number one was allegedly supposed to be rumored to be headed up to baltimore last week and then this move never came of course he doesn't even travel with the team at one point so you have to imagine that somewhere along the line this was discussed this was thought about but the option has not been granted at this point is this the right move for the team? I'm going to go ahead and say absolutely not. Look, the sooner you could get him up, 
the better because even if he struggles, it's still going to give you that excitement factor that um, that little extra push that's going to help you when you're in this wild card race, which they're still very much in. And if he's even moderately decent, I would say he is a, a pr- improvement on the guys that are in it, in his position. This is, of course, a you know left side of the infield guy. He'll be able to play either third base or shortstop for you. This is a guy who grades out to be a plus fielder, already has quite a bit of power, a good amount of speed, and you know maybe the batting average, hitting for it, average isn't 100% there yet but it's going to get there soon enough it sounds like people are saying at least through these reports scouting reports that I'm seeing either way let's look at the numbers this is a guy who's striking out 26% of the time on the triple a level but even with that he's got 11 home runs in 62 games and that's good enough to get him to a 135 weighted runs created plus you know there's certainly a lot to be desired there, but when you look at the difference between his 2021 end in double A and his 2022 beginning in double A, it's night and day. You know, even if it is a lack of games, he's clearly started to grow throughout all of this, even looking to his high A stats, you know, 30% strikeout rate there, 58% strikeout rate in double A for 2021. But of course, then you have to look at how does he grow? How does he mature? Going into his age 21 season, he comes out slashes 312, 452, 573 with eight home runs over 47 games in double A. Gets his strikeout percentage down to 18.3. That is 10 below his career average on that rate and walks at a career high level on the double A in the double A side. So this is a guy who definitely, you know, he's learning from his mistakes. He's still very willing and very productive at growing his game and growing his abilities out there. That's what shows when you're able to take such a big leap in an off season stretch. So you could give him more time on triple A, but is it going to do that much good? Cause you're just going to see, I think, the exact same jump that he took from 2021 to 2022. If you leave him in AAA and make him start the year there in 2023 at age 22, even those numbers, you know, let's say 135 weighted runs created plus on the AAA level, let's ballpark it to maybe 90 OPS plus would be, I think, a fair place to be. Let's go ahead and look at Jorge Mateo. I think. Ramon Orias is definitely in play too at short, but this is a guy 90 OPS plus 2.7 war to start the year. Ramon Urias, their shortstop at this point in time. You know, he's about a midway player as well with around that two, three war spot. So there's certainly, you know, there's room to improve in this infield across the board. You've got your shortstop, third base, and second baseman most of the time rounding out the bottom of your order. I can, I can live with not having one of those guys in there to give Gunner a shot. I think he should 100% be coming up ahead of this schedule based on what I've seen 
and he 100% should be coming up ahead of September call-ups. Give him a little more time to get comfortable and get settled and see what he's got this year because, again, he's not far off. I'm not sure what they technically list. They technically list his ETA at 2024, but I don't see how you can look at these numbers on the AAA level. Look at the jump that he was able to make in AA in just such a small small uh, section of time and think that this guy's not going to be able to handle the adjustment to the major league level just seems a little crazy, a little ridiculous. Now let's go ahead and jump into some game stats, some scores. And let's start with Yankees here as this is an ongoing story that probably I will not get to finish, unfortunately, as there's currently a no-hitter going on in Oakland. The Oakland A's are currently being no-hit by the New York Yankees. It took me a minute to be able to read that correctly. Domingo Herman is on the mound tonight. Five innings, no hits, no walks. This is perfect. This is perfect, people. Four strikeouts in this, and he is at 48 pitches through five innings. So he is very much in play for this one here. That's incredibly exciting. And the Yankees are now also on the board here with one hit. I believe that is the hit. Yes, Oswaldo Cabrera broke up their no-hitter. There was a dueling no-hitter bids going on here between the two sides for a hot minute, but that's now over and the Yankees might get a chance to put a little insurance on the board for him too. It's just important, especially in these situations, if you want to see this happen, you want, you want a little protection. You don't want too much protection. You know, if they end up breaking down Adam, Adam Aller. Yes. Adam Aller here, breaking them down in the sixth thing, break them down in the seventh inning and score four runs. That's a lot of time sitting if you're Domingo Herman, and we do not want to see that, but Kyle Higashoka grounds out to Nick Allen, who throws it on over to Seth Brown for the winner here. The Mets continue to cruise against the Rockies here as they are leading 3-0 going into the top of the ninth. Adam Adovino is on the mound, meaning, of course, Edwin Diaz has the off the night off. There's no other reason you could justify this. David Peterson, though, six innings, four hits, shut out with seven strikeouts. Fantastic all-around performance for this team as they start to turn the corner on this season. Over in St. Louis, the Cardinals currently trail the Braves 5-4 to four in the bottom of the ninth. It looks like this will be the end of things as there's only two outs to go. Kenley's on the mound. You do have the top of the lineup here, but we'll have to see how that goes. Nolan Arenado, though, on the other hand, comes back into the lineup after having a child four for four on his first day, drives in two of the four RBIs here. Is that a homer? Anywhere it is a home run. His 27th of the season. Fantastic way to welcome a kid in the world with that 100%. But what else do we want to talk about here today? Let's talk about Dodgers Marlins here real quick. The Marlins beat the Dodgers 
in Miami, two to one. This comes on the heels of just five games ago. Sandy Alcantara goes out on the mound and gets hit around by the Dodgers. He responds with the biggest comeback game you may ever see in your life. Nine innings, six hits, one earned run, and 10 strikeouts on the Dodgers team that tore him apart last time out. It kind of proves, you know, this was just a bad day. If the Dodgers had something on him, they wouldn't have put together this performance. Will Smith, Mookie Betts, or really more so Will Smith and Mookie Betts. Chris Taylor, I can kind of expect it from. Two strikeouts each on the day. That's not going to happen a lot of times. Max Muncy's not going to go over if you have something on the guy. Um, this is impressive stuff from Alcantara. This is true ace. This is alpha energy, what you're getting out of Sandy in this start. And it's really cool to see. But let's go ahead into our final topic here. I'm only going to do a couple minutes on this Julio Rodriguez contract extension, which can get to as much as $470 million, but it will start with a guarantee of 12 years, 210, which is the high, is the record-breaking extension for a player around this time. Wander Franco of course, was, I believe, the last one, 11 years, 182, is the largest guaranteed contract ever signed by a player with under a, major, a year of major league service time. When it talks about annual value, I believe Brian Hayes was a little bit above that, it's the seven, his 70 million extension. No, excuse me, that was with between one and two years of service was Brian Hayes. But going into the... Uh, Details of this contract a little bit make things even more interesting as it's going to be effectively a nine-year deal. Yes, a nine-year deal. Shoot, excuse me. A seven-year deal through 2028 and the club option at that point, the club option will be of varying amounts depending on where he finishes in the MVP voting it can be $240 million over eight years if he finishes two or three finishes with two or three top 10 finishes in the MVP voting over the stretch of the original portion of the contract. It can be 260 over eight years with four, 280 over eight years if he wins the MVP and finishes in the top five once more or gets three top five finishes and gets up to 350 over 10 years if he wins two MVP awards or finishes among the top five in balloting on four separate times. This, this is an incredible incentive, let's start with, because uh, in the event that hits the highest threshold and the Mariners exercise the option, the contract maxes out. Yeah, the in, in total, that tracks out to 470 million dollars of course if they decline that team option he still gets a couple years on a player option it gets him out around 30 so he's going to be able to sign another massive deal even if it gets too pricey for the mariners to be willing to spend on this current one but either way what a cool incentive here you know you're not just asking him to hit certain amounts of time you're not asking him to 
be able to be on the field for you a certain amount or just grab a bunch of stats. There's so much more that goes into the MVP. It's not just your own performance. It's your performance relative to your team and it's performance relative to other teams. It's performance relative to other players compared to their teams. In order to get the higher levels of this contract, he has to elevate his team's play to such immense levels, levels that just war and other stats don't necessarily fully quantify, but you can definitely see with your eye. And that's really what this does. You know, a concern I had originally was, of course, you know, you're leaving the systems of this contract very much to human hands. And I'm not sure if I would love that if I was Julio Rodriguez at first. Then I realized two things. First off, you're still getting $30 million a year on 240 over eight. If you get into that just a handful of times, it's pretty hard for him not to get into that. If things are getting screwed around with, you know, you're not going to get left off of everybody's. But more so, what you have to think about is, or at least I didn't consider my first time going through this, It's such a large pool of people that vote on the MVP and the MVP finishes and all that jazz. Such a large pool. It's very hard to buy that group out. You know, you're certainly not going to see any shady business with this because it would spend, it would cost basically this entire contract to make it worthwhile to avoid the upper echelons of this contract. They found a way to maximize the impact of Julio Rodriguez. And that's a great, great, great thing. It just comes down to, you know, is this a little too early? Do we fully, have we fully vetted and trust what we have here in Julio Rodriguez? I'd like to think yes, but we certainly have all of the other outside factors that have proven, you know, we do need to pump the brakes here. This is a very risky deal. Save the Mariners a lot in the long run. You know, he's certainly going to make more than 15 million a year, especially with precedent like Mookie Betts getting almost 60 million in his three years of arbitration. You know, look at inflation alone based on that is going to get him way above the 45 million that he's going to make roughly through his three years that would have been his arbitration time. Add that on top of, you know, potentially being able to play to the level, which I think is Mookie Betts is honestly a fair comp based on talent and skill set. He could definitely outplay him early on. Certainly he is outplaying him at this stage of his career. And the fact that Mookie is the precedent allows him to push the barrier a little bit. He's going to be able to push past the numbers that he was getting. So this is definitely a deal in the short term, just the question of having this be such a long-term deal it's gone wrong in a lot of different places. You know, yes, you have the Acunas of the world. You have the Ozzy Albies of the world where these contracts are 100% making sense and it's worth its weight in gold to have these guys on such cheap deals relative to their own value. You know, you're, we're always patting Alex Anthopoulos on the back, but he's also gone and he hasn't signed these deals to the guys he wasn't 100% sure on. He waited on the extension for Austin Riley. He hasn't given Dansby Swanson a deal yet after several, like certainly valuable, productive seasons. He hasn't tried to do any of that. And the reason for that is 
there's so many things that can impact a guy, especially when you look over a 10-year stretch, an 11-year stretch, however long this is. For every Ronald Acuna, there's a Fernando Tatis who, from a personality standpoint, ends up not being the best ambassador for your franchise and starts causing more trouble than he's worth. And you might think twice about signing that long-term deal and making him the face of your franchise for that stretch if you knew what you're going to get into with this guy and certainly that you're going to get into performance-enhancing drug, drug issues with him is not something you, you, you 100% think twice before giving him that deal if you knew this is what you were getting into. And for every Ozzy Albies, there's a Wander Franco. Wander signs 11 years, 182. Don't get me wrong. I am a huge Wander Franco fan, diehard supporter, and nothing's changing here. I think he's one of the best young players in this league, certainly the most underappreciated young player in this league at this point. But you can't deny the fact that he is not staying healthy. He hasn't been healthy for his entire second season in the majors. And that's, that's affected not only his production, the numbers when he's in the lineup, but just his number of innings is enough to scare you when you just signed him to an 11 year deal. This is a guy who ends up 1.7 war in a 106 OPS plus, which is a far cry from what he is and what he can be. I think once he gets back to healthy next season, you're talking about a 135 OPS plus guy. You're definitely talking about a five plus war guy. Maybe he's not hitting the six yet, but he's going to be flirting with that six war point next year once healthy, if healthy. But this is a guy who only played 58 games the first year on this contract. If he continues to have these injury problems, something you haven't had a lot of time to prove, especially this guy is only 21 years old right now, that time in the minors isn't enough to prove whether a guy's really fragile or not. If you continue to have these health issues with him, and if that affects his development at all, all of a sudden this contract could become a waste as well. So we have to be really diligent and really careful not to celebrate this too much because these deals are always just as much of a risk as they can be a reward. But that's going to end it today for MLB Daily. Please make sure you follow us on all our socials at MLB Daily Pod, and we will see you manana. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.